The Frederick Playlist Podcast is brought to you in part by Mystery Ton Studios. Looking for a place to record your music? Welcome to Mystery Ton Studios. They are a full-service recording, mixing, and mastering studio located 15 minutes outside of Frederick, Maryland. Owner-engineer Kenny Eaton has years of experience working with musicians around the world and a passion for one thing, helping artists realize their vision. Go to mysterytonstudios.com to learn more and schedule a free tour today. That's M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y-T-O-N studios.com. Your music matters. Hello, everybody. Uh, I am so, so pumped on this episode of the Frederick Playlist Podcast. We have a first, first time ever guest. I guess they all are. But actually, well, we'll say first time ever. Thank you. <laughs> Even though somebody was here before as part of a certain incarnation of something that happened yeah, at some point. That may have been. May have been kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah, I'm Brandon Fingerman. I play guitar in Samuel Powers. And I am not Brandon Fingerman, and I play guitar in Samuel Powers. I'm Chris Perry. Okay. Now, you guys, you don't sing, Chris. Uh, do you? No. no, I don't. Mm-hmm. But you do. I do, yeah. You do, yes. But you're not the lead. Not singer. the lead singer. No, I I sing the the harmonies that uh, get lost live. Yeah. But <laughs> they no, I sing I sing all the stuff that's uh, a little bit in the higher registers because I don't have that lead singer's voice. I have that nice harmony voice. Well, but we should talk about this though because okay. your lead singer is is your drummer, what? half drummer, half <laughs> other guy who doesn't do anything but sing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how did this come about? I mean. Do you ever want to kick somebody out? Every day. Yeah. It's just kind of like depends on who it is. It's yeah. kind of a cycle. Mostly, is I just want to kick out Chris. Double motor cycle? It's. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had to. So, <laughs> so, so how did this Paid come? Paid for and endorsed by double motor yes. cycle. Yeah. <laughs> who, whose idea was this? I'm really interested in how you guys got together, too, because so, I have no idea what happened there. Okay. Do you want to go to the beginning? Let's go to the beginning. Whose idea was it? Was it Chris's okay. or yours? Uh, neither. Neither. Yeah. So the beginning is that, uh, you know, Chris and I both existed back in the late 2000s versions of a lot of different metal bands and like punk bands and rock bands and whatever. <clears throat> and uh, it just so happened that I guess in like 2013, uh, we all were just chilling at Dan's, the drummer singer house, singer's house. Um all in different bands at this point. You know, Dan and Chris are in a band, and Corey, the singer, the lead singer, who doesn't do anything else, and myself were in a band. Uh, and we were just hanging around, and we're like, why isn't this a band? Mm-hmm. Literally, it was just a, a, a lazy Saturday on the couch, and we just News- said... Newspapers open, mm-hmm. maybe the funnies. The, yeah, FNP, we were reading the FNP, uh, and we were perfect. like, why isn't this a band? So we started... Uh, I guess, really, what? Did we start practicing pretty much right away? Yeah, it was kind of, I think what ended up happening was um, Corey and B came together and they're like, hey, here's a song. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, we and had then, a song, we had a song. And then That's Dan right. and I wrote a song together and then we were like, hey, here's a song, here's the kind of direction and we're like, all right, I think the main goal of the band is going to try to sound like Saves a Day and Bayside and just kind of see how things go. Yeah. Well, and Corey and Brandon were in a band, Twin Radio, together. Yes. Were you in a band with Dan? Yeah. So, so even before Twin Radio, they were in a band called Anir, and yeah. that's kind of more of their local sh- uh, claim to fame, <laughs> I guess. The, yeah, it was like a progressive metal uh, <laughs> outfit that you know yeah. uh, went on the heels of bands, kind of like Between the Buried and Me, or a bad, uh, like a, it's more a like a, a scre- Walmart version of Between the Buried. Yeah. And Mar- <laughs> Buried and more like screamo. Screamy, yeah, yeah, with some prog in it. And then uh, Dan and I still play in a band called Still Glow, and we've been around oh. for. Dan's been, he's, I think he's the only original member. You guys member. going on like 50 years, I think? Just about. I think yeah. we're on like our 40th year anniversary. Yeah. yeah it's cool. Yeah, so yeah, Dan's original time. M- original member of that band, I think they started in uh, 2004. 75 it was. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they opened for Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zeppelin opened for them. <laughs> oh, uh, that's funny. And then uh, joined the band with Dan and I've been in, we're still playing shows and yeah. practicing every week. It's kind of weird, but we uh, we've been playing for about ten years, so it's crazy. But you guys were all just friends then. So, so Dan and I connected uh, in probably 2006 uh, at a local music shop. Uh, he was a manager at the time, and I was just a kid, just a 16 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and that quickly developed into you know just him and I becoming really good friends. And I would even fill in before Chris had joined. 
still glow. Uh, I did some filling in for that band as well on bass. And Dan and I just became really close and uh, had remained like, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, you know, mm-hmm. meetups, hangouts, whatever. Um, well, how did you know Dan, yeah. Chris? So Dan found me on MySpace. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. So, wow. so it's pretty funny is that one of the guitar players in one of B's old bands uh, has my same last name. And so we're, we were both homeschoolers. Not related, though. Not related. Not same, related. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, we just started hanging out. And then I was in a band with them for a little bit when they kicked out their cousin. And then I joined because, <laughs> you know, same last name. So it just kind of makes sense for you to join the band. Wait, uh, wait, you were homeschooled. Let's back up to that. Yeah. Were you homeschooled? Oh, ev- other than... <laughs> Okay. Okay. So we're getting uh, into like other the deep, than, yeah, we're gonna go deep, way back. Deep. Other than other than me, and I guess now Dan, uh-huh. m- most everybody in this in our immediate group of friends were homeschooled kids. I mean, save for a few kids here and there. Yeah. Well, how did you all become friends then? So Corey, homeschoolers can have friends too. So <laughs> <laughs> singer of singer, only singer of Sam Powell, the guy who just sings uh, and plays. No, he plays tambourine. We'll yeah, give him yeah. that. He's percussion. He's got okay. Yeah. He's he's dance moves. Mm-hmm. Singer yeah. and tambourine, but him and I were neighbors, and we've been oh, best friends okay. since we were probably eleven. Yeah. So Corey and Mai's relationship dates back even further than Dan and I. So I got introduced into the homeschooled world at like twelve. I'm like basically an honorary homeschooled kid <laughs> in a way. Where'd you go to high school? Linganore. I, okay. I'm a local kid. Okay. And and Corey would have too, and a lot of you know everybody here would have gone to Linganore, Middletown, Brunswick. You know, some semblance yeah. of Catoctin, something. Yeah. I think Dan went to South Carolina. Dan but, went to South Carolina, yeah. <laughs> but so it's like, so homeschoolers, they all have like a co-op type thing. And so a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of moms get together and then yeah. the smartest mom of the group in this sort of subject will teach something. Yep. And then the smartest mom in this other subject will teach something. And then it's another dad will teach about this thing. So um, we all got together and just by happenstance and uh, um, I was like, oh, I play guitar. And they're like, oh, I play guitar. And like, I play in this cool band called Seven State. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, they were big. That's a like, real name. That's a real band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a real yeah. yeah. And they were like a MXPX wannabe band. And they were awesome. Um, and then they pro- progressively got heavier the more you're exposed to heavier music. And then I joined in when they were kind of like that screamo type thing. That, like, yeah. We basically were all informed and influenced by like the, the um, mid 2000s. You know, we were a little too young to have gotten anything like. Uh, I don't know the refuse. Like we didn't find mm. the refuse. Like mm-hmm. when they happened, we found yeah. them years later. Um, but we were like really informed by like uh, the beginning of Under Oath, the mm-hmm. beginning of the, uh, Thursday. Thursday, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of that was even maybe a little bit before. Yeah. But like the beginning of Under Oath, the beginning of Norma Jean in the Chariot. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like that weird like Solid State Records years when yeah. it's like from like 2005 to like 2009, and everything they put out was gold. So that's that, that's when we kind of came up and started yeah. cutting our teeth on like <clears throat> metal and like alternative hardcore stuff that's yeah. not like two step or beat down but like uh a bit you more know, progressive just like that screamo yeah genre well when you guys first picked up guitars what what made you do that i did not know you were homeschooled chris so like was this just something you were listening to music one day and how long have you been playing <laughs> yeah so I, I just told the story the other day so VHS tapes. My dad used to uh, record uh, episodes of like ER and just random stuff on on them, and so then um, he would fall asleep before like the episode would be over, and the, the tape would just keep recording. So my brother and I, being homeschooled, like you, we really were only school, only in school or doing schoolwork for about like four or five hours a day, and you know, then it's like you get to play and do other things, or you find the balance. And um, one of the VHS tapes kept playing, and it. Uh, started doing VH1 like behind the music mm. and it was with Guns N' Roses and I was like this band is so cool like and so I was like I want to play the drums because for some reason the drums were cooler than Slash I guess at that time <laughs> I'm like you know and so I ended up trying to play the drums and I couldn't do it and my brother tried to play guitar and he couldn't do it and then we switched instruments and then he's like oh yeah this makes sense I'm like oh yeah this makes sense and just kind of started playing through there and huh. rest is history I guess no kidding how, you know? how old are you again? <sighs> it's like nine nine Something okay like that. yeah so it was, it was cool how old are you now? you're like 16, Yeah, you? just about. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just yeah. 16th no. birthday. Yeah. You just turned yeah. <laughs> 16. So, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so I started, uh, I had a like a 6th or 7th grade teacher who was like too cool. Like he was just like the guy in, mm-hmm. in the middle school. What's his name? Uh, actually, his name's Aiden Ryan. He, Mr. Ryan? Mr. Ryan, yeah. He played in a couple local bands. We're talking like probably getting close to 15 years ago now. Moved to California and he actually... Uh, just from looking at things on social media, I think he's actually about to move back. 
Um, but he was a big, he was the influence for me because he had uh, a bass and he brought it to school mm. and it changed everything. I was like, what is this thing? Didn't you play bass in Twin Radio? I played bass. In, I played bass in every band it, but before Sam Powell. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, but I always played guitar. So, so, okay. So at 14, I started playing guitar, but when, um, but when this teacher had uh, brought his bass in, I was like 11 and he started this little after school uh, rock band. And I mean, we're talking like we played, we didn't even play covers. He was like all about creativity and like just the visceral like creation. And he was like, just write your own stuff. And we're like, okay, but we don't even, we hadn't had private lessons. We hadn't done anything to better ourselves. We were just kids, you know, smashing around on these instruments. Um, but you know, we played for the talent shows and and we were kind of like, a, I guess a, a somewhat of a project for him. Um, to you know to stay sharp but also it it made at least me uh completely just give into this world of music mm -hmm. um so it so at 11 to 14 I just did bass and then about 14 I picked up guitar and um did my slew of private lessons for a while and then uh started playing in bands and then that kind of carries us to now I guess so how does this work with the band? Because the way that you have explained it so far, it's you and Corey and you and Dan. Yeah. Um, and you got one lead singer and you got one lead yes, singer. Yes, yes. We each have. So, so when this happens then, does, does everybody, was there any talk of we only want one person who sings as sort of an acts as the lead singer? Or do we, you wanted it to be 50-50 from the beginning? How did this, or did, did Dan feel ownership of some songs? Did Corey feel ownership? How did this go? Yeah, so I think the, the two bands that came together and did a similar idea, I think, I don't remember when this album came out, but there's a band called Two Tongues, and it's oh, yeah. the singer mm -hmm. of Saves the Day and the singer mm -hmm. of Say Anything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And those are two singers that both of the singers in our band get comparisons all the time. Dan, because his voice is high and whiny like Chris mm -hmm. Conley, and then Corey, because he's got aggressive character with max bemis mm. and so um that's not to get to their heads at all because you know it, it is a compliment <laughs> in itself but then also some people hate their voices and you know it is what it is um but that they hate your voices Corey <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and max and, bemis <laughs> and clearly chris thinks that we're on the same <laughs> the same pages right <laughs> saves the day tongues, say anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah so they put out a record and it was really really cool and it was just like man like they just did like this constant like taking back sending back and forth kind mm -hmm. of thing and the call and response i'm like that's so sick and it's like because it's like Technically, both lead singers are good enough to be lead singers on their own, and in Two Tongues' case, they they were. Mm -hmm. So we're like, hey, let's do that with our band, and so then it kind of worked out. And then it's this weird thing where it's like, I think in a lot of bands there's that dynamic where not everybody's like super tight. Like you know, mm -hmm. there's everyone's like, hey, you're super, you know, you're stoked that you're in a band together, but it gets to a point where it's like, okay, you have like your pockets of people that are just kind of like, you know, friends. Mm -hmm. And then that's, like, that's very true. And it's <laughs> like, what's weird is like with this band, it's like there's actually just one giant pocket. And I think that's what was kind of the appeal of like doing this band was because now all five of us, it's like we all hang out pretty regularly with each other, like outside of the band. Yeah. And that's never really happened before. So was this like sort of for you guys coming together as an all-star group of sorts? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Corey actually has a saying for this uh, that we are uh, we're a B average group. We're an average group. Yeah. So we take a couple local bands that are just who cares, and <laughs> we come together to form what on a national level would be a super group. But in you know where we live, we're just an average group. So yes, <laughs> something group. of something of a local super average group. So <laughs> super average group. That's super funny. average, I think, is probably That's the best. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how many records do you guys have out? Uh, Three. Including, yeah, including the record, the full length that we just released, uh, we have... Two EPs preceding two EPs. that. So. Okay, so you have your first full length, which I still need a copy of. we got to review that. Sure. Mm. And yes. later on, I will edit in a song, and you guys will tell me which song you want to okay. hear. So maybe start thinking about that now. But I want to talk about the, the recording processes and, and how you guys got into it to begin with, because that's pretty prolific, having two EPs and a full length. Now you've been together, what, four years? Yeah. So... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of songwriting. I mean, I, I I'm in a band. We did one EP. We may never even play another show again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm I'm just wondering, how did this go? You guys must have been bursting with ideas for songs. You must have been. You had a clear vision of who you wanted to work with when you so, went to the studio. I, I'll back up just a hair before the studio because I think how we approach the band might even 
help inform that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this band is, it exists to <laughs> create albums about 90s television shows. Yeah, I wanted to get into that too. So yeah, you should, no, no, no. So the, your name is Samuel Powers. Yes. Anybody who doesn't understand Say by the Bell. Um, it's Screech's, Screech, real Screech's real name is yes. Samuel Powers. So the conceit of this band. Yes. Uh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to back up and kind of explain yeah. that. Each album uh, that we put out is themed over a TV show. So the first record we put out was called the Bayside Tigers EP, which is about the I think that's the, the school name, uh, the school sports team from um, from Saved by the Bell. Sampers at the Bell, and yeah. then we did another record called uh, Empty Halls Future. No, <laughs> Do you remember laughing. it, Chris? And it's uh, <laughs> you're it's, in the band. I mean, there's like a couple songs that I like on that record, so you know, I just I remember the hits, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the hits, yeah, in I think your it was, own mind, yeah, it's Empty Halls Future Friends is I think the name that's of the what EP. It's called. Yeah, what was so that too. from? Uh, that's from um, Boy Meets uh, World. And so the thing that's interesting <laughs> it is, he's right. Yeah, he's and, right. and here's the thing is I've actually never watched either of those two shows. I was before. gonna say, yeah. So why don't I I'll actually But, <laughs> but and then, then the latest record is called The Wonder, and that's about the Wonder Years. And that was okay. that was a weird show because when Dan and I like I've never I've seen it on TV and stuff like that, you know, Nick at night or whatever. Um, but there was a tour when it was right up on Netflix and so then like at the end of every show, Dan and I would watch like six episodes and then at the end we'd be like I mean, at night, and it'd be like 3 a.m., and um, and then we'd sit there for a second, and there'd be like this weird, awkward pause, and be like, I just hate Winnie. And he's like, I know, she's just the worst. And so then it just became this thing that like he and I always had like that Wonder Years connection. So when we got to write this record, I was a little bit more... Connected uh, to the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I guess I, it started, though, because we're just a group of, of friends uh, that were friends first, and a band kind of blossomed out of it. Mm-hmm. Um I guess we didn't think to just take the typical route of, hey, let's just write some tunes and figure out what comes of that later because, you know, Dan is a very creative and a very emotional guy and Corey is just the same exact way. So, you know, when they create a record by themselves or in their own respective bands, it's ultra personal. It's ultra personal. It's definitely going to be a themed album, whether or not it's super clear that it's a theme, it's going to be Mm -hmm. uh, some some depth of a theme. So this was kind of our way to um, keep in the theme idea, but not have to be super, you know, Dan doesn't have to be super tied to some of these ideas and Corey doesn't have to be super emotionally invested in some of these ideas because they're stories from episodes. Mm -hmm. They're, uh, they're episodic in a way. Each song links back to an episode or an arc of a character or something of the sort. So, Samuel Powers just kind of like rung with us when we we may have even been watching Saved by the Bell. That might have been what happened. I, I honestly I don't remember. Yeah, because it was pretty. But much, it, you know, it just was like it clicked, and we were like Samuel Powers. You guys must get a lot of comments about that whenever less, you play. L- less than you think. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's like when, whenever you tell people, like, oh yeah, yeah. I totally knew that. But yeah. like, I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten when it says, "Hey, th- hey, Sam, thanks for replying back <laughs> oh, to that's us." That's funny. And, and yeah. I hadn't even thought <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah, and it's like, oh. and I'll sign my emails with like Chris and it's like it's it's very prevalent like it's Chris That's and then funny. and then they'll go hey Sam can you sign this contract I'll make and I'm like it's I'm, no sorry <laughs> Sam that's funny. But so, so yeah, so that so then the yeah. records come when you go do the EPs and you do the full length. I mean, who did you work with and and how long did it take to write these songs? Of uh, the current album Wonder? Yeah. Um oh my, I think I probably have some song ideas dating back on my uh, phone to like 2015 two, yeah, maybe like, like two years ago yeah so we I, you know a lot of times i'll chris and i both at this point the writing process is mostly him and i'll kind of hammer out a little bit of an idea uh you know by ourselves record it in a note and then bring it together mm-hmm. um and kind of go writing wise music wise from there and then once we have a, a semblance of the song itself then Corey and dan it's kind of turned over to Corey and dan um and they overlay the vocals, the back and forth, and whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I think like once w- the music's kind of there, and they have an idea of what like the vibe of the song is going to be, like whatever like the key is or this the mood, they have. Uh, I think th- <laughs> I think it was like there would be nights where we wouldn't practice, and they would go hang out at Dan's house and watch like a bunch of episodes, trying to find <laughs> like themes or oh hey this is a great episode and we can work off of this or hey this is really you know so they're one of the songs is uh, called Cold War Blues and um, it's kind of like about when. Um, 
Winnie's brother goes off to war and dies. And so it's like, that's like the first episode. Pretty of like, heavy, you know, yeah. So it's just like, exactly. but then the song. We like to go right to the <laughs> edge straight so, away. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, they would have like their own kind of like brainstorming sessions and stuff like that. So it was cool. Okay. But so the, the recording process, mm-hmm. um, we actually went with someone that Chris, well, not Chris, but Dan, uh, in the earlier years of Still Glow, uh, used his name's Frank Marshand. He works out of Severna Park at a place called Waterford Digital Studio. Okay. Um, I, there's not a lot, I guess, in our genre that gets cranked out of there. Um, what he, usually gets cranked out of there? It's he he. So one of the things that he does, like for I guess like um, when he's not recording bands, is he travels and does like front of house and stuff. He for, does a lot of touring. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but he he's right. he's worked with like Bob Mold. And he'll do stuff with like just big shows in Baltimore, and you know mm. Frank's known as uh, the Punisher, and that kind of <laughs> that kind of goes into every aspect of his professional life, whether it be um, you know driving home, hey you could play that better, or hey drummer you suck, or he punishes people with how loud his shows are. So um, I think the only band that I think the main band that he's done like kind of in our genre is it's a band called Diamond Youth or Diamond yeah. from Baltimore, okay. and it was like the dudes from Tra- well he had Trapped done Under Ice, and, and he had done some stuff. Um, he had done a good Charlotte. Yeah, I think it was for like, a, a movie, I think he'd done a. It was like one of the singles before they got huge on, when like they that. came out or something like that. So he, I mean, he's been around for a long time, and hmm. he's just uh, Dan and I. We did one record with him, yeah. um, back in 2011, and he was just great to work with. And he's just he gets sounds, he gets tones, he gets people. We we told him we told him um, a, a bit a bit of like a like hey we want to go in when we do this record we want to aim for. These four or five records, we kind of want to be in this ballpark with our sounds, our mm-hmm. tones, and like, I mean, like clockwork, he nailed it. Um, Chris, go ahead, go ahead. No, Chris, oh, what? Chris, Chris, was <laughs> <laughs> Chris, um, we, Chris and I both really we like uh, we like the band Bayside a lot. Oh, We're yeah. big fan of Bayside, mm-hmm. big fan of Saves the Day, big um, fan of Weezer, big fan of Weezer, Jimmy World bands of that, you know. Mm-hmm of that time in our life and, uh, you know, that we still listen to. Mm-hmm. So and we still put out good records. Still put out good records. <laughs> so we, we told him, you know, like, Hey, obviously we got to start somewhere and we'll fine tune some tones and whatnot from there. But you know, this is a basic roadmap of what we want things to mm-hmm. sound like. Um, we want to be percussive. We want to be loud. We want things to be booming. Um, but we don't want to lose clarity. And a lot of times when you have, uh, maybe a younger, recording engineer and producer they don't quite nail it because they they still have a lot themselves to prove mm-hmm. and they have a lot of stuff they want to inject into a record which i've worked with people with people like that and that's also a very good uh way to do things but i like that with these songs we went in basically with the demos finished and he was much more concerned about hey you know I don't care if this part goes into this part that goes into this part. Like you have the song written, just play it good. Like mm-hmm. do it well. And that was his main uh, focus. You guys fall into an interesting p- place uh, in terms of Frederick music, as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. because you guys do, I, I've, before we ever met, I saw that you guys, like you see things online there was something even before when we did the the little thing that we'll talk about in Virginia. <laughs> um, there was something I saw you guys had like s- there was some type of deal or some type of you had signed or you had hooked up with some type of distribution yeah. thing. Um, and, and so like that kind of stuff, you guys are out there doing that kind of stuff. A lot of bands I, I equate it. Another band in my mind that's in the same vein is somebody like Bad Seed Rising, who's no more. Right. Because Bad Seed Rising was signed to Roadrunner Records, toured Warped Tour twice, mm-hmm. did all of these huge things, and nobody really knew. Yeah. <laughs> right. And nobody took them all as seriously as I thought they should, so I started going out and writing stories about them and put them on the Frederick Music Showcase last year and all mm-hmm. that stuff. How I'm wondering how you get there, because there's there's like... Frederick seems to be so segmented with all these different, you have this sort of group and you have this sort of group and you, and you know, if, if this night at Cafe Nola, three bands who are pop punk bands this night, it's going to be singer songwriters. And then only those friends, cause there's nobody who goes to Cafe Nola every weekend, no matter what the music is. Right. How have you guys sort of taken those steps in some ways you're larger than a Frederick band, 
but you still associate obviously with Frederick. How right. uh, was there like a different approach to this band than any other thing that you've been in before? Yeah, <clears throat> I think like the coolest thing about this was for me, um, it was really cool to be in a band that um, I almost got like a second chance to do the things right that I did wrong and still glow. Mm-hmm. And so you know, <clears throat> still goes very much like glass jaw refuse to let live, kind of just like in your face. And it's like you know, you play Caffeinola and you feel kind of awkward, and it's just not really the right avenue. And so then when we started this band, we were like, hey, like we, you know, I think one of like our goals and, and I'm, I'm the nerd in the band. It's like, hey, guys, like every year, let's do something cool. And so like this year, like <laughs> I want to play Caffeola, you know, or like whatever it might be. And yeah. like and then we did and we play there probably. Which turned out to be like one of the best venues that we've played continually. Yeah. yeah. And like neither of our other bands could have ever played there. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we might have been able to do like the like the Thursday night uh, heavier shows with no cover. Like Crooked Hills does a lot of stuff there and on yeah. Thursday nights and they do a yeah. great job. Um, it was well. Th- this band was kind of our first attempt at anything not heavy. Yeah, R- really. Yeah. Well, so then that obviously begs the question, though: Is this because you guys are friends? This was born out of being friends before being in a band, at least. So you've explained yeah. in this interview. I mean, how how important is it to make Sam Powers a full time job to tour nationally to get signed? Yeah. You know, all those things. Yeah, and the cool thing, I guess, with. Uh, being another bands that really tried to do all of those things, it's nice now to kind of like you have that pressure off your shoulders where mm-hmm. you're like, hey, you know, it, we we tour, we maybe like you know, twenty days out of the year, maybe like you know, consecu- not you know, all at once, but throughout the year, like long mm-hmm. weekends and stuff like that. And so, it's kind of like it's a vacation for us just to hang out with our friends, and so that's pretty cool. Um, but knowing the sense of oh, you know, we need to make sure we play this for this label or do a showcase here, or mm-hmm. we need to have X amount of tour dates to pitch to some label saying that we travel so much. It's like there's no pressure, and so it's mm-hmm. just you know, we I think that kind of shows in the music in the sense of um, we're just able to kind of enjoy it, and there's no uh, you know, there's no pressure on like oh, you have to do this a certain way, you have to do this a certain way, and if it happens, cool, you know. But it's just one of the things where we're not really focused on that. I guess. And it's well, I mean, because we don't have that pressure it's, or it's alleviated because we're not focused hyper focused on um uh, you know a manager a record deal uh you know mm-hmm. getting a quota of this many you know uh spotify plays or anything like that we what we do is what we choose to do mm-hmm. and it, it, it kind of goes right back to the fact that we play what nola maybe three or four times a year none of our other bands could have done that None of our other bands could have had the success that we do. And those nights, I mean, those are like sellout nights. Those are really, really fun and uh, like rejuvenating nights to have, you know, a whole room, a whole bit of a rowdy bar, you know, at, after nine o'clock, you know. And, um, and it's not just our <coughs> friends. Cause, but, you yeah. know, and, and that's, yeah. I think, the biggest difference yeah. is, is now it's like, okay, we have a, just a little bit more of a um, – digestible sound as opposed to before where if you wanted to that music, you wouldn't like this band or if you weren't friends with us, you wouldn't like this band. And now we're like, Oh, people are friends with us and they like our band and people who aren't friends with us also, also like, like it, the band. Yeah. And that's for me, that's something that's kind of new. And it's, which is funny that we didn't get that until we shed our desire, <laughs> desire to be like yeah. on every day warp tour and you know, yeah. stuff like that, because it's would be amazing yeah. to be able to turn any music project that we're in into a you know full-time job where we just write these songs and play them and you know support them and make records and that's that is the dream it's always mm-hmm. the dream mm-hmm. um but i feel like since we've stopped chasing it so uh juvenile like desperately desperately it's maybe been more of a reality not that uh, not that we're on the cusp of anything you know mm-hmm. groundbreaking but it's just been it's just been an easier uh, path that we're forging now that we've kind of dropped. Do you guys that. fight? Oh yeah. Like, is there? Is there? <laughs> but I mean, with that, with that said, though, if if there's dysfunction, you know, is there a timeline on the band? I guess on on that level, would you guys ever think, well, I'm I'm gonna give this up, or is this something because you're friends that no matter what, you're never gonna not be in each other's lives? Yeah, and, and that's the big kind of like the whole thing is like because there will definitely be stressful times like you know for example uh for the last record we were like hey we're just gonna write as many songs as you know as we have mm-hmm. and then there were some disagreements in the band and uh, i was like oh we gotta get 10 it's like well i don't know if we want to get 10 and then we busted our butts and we got 10 songs and it was cool but it's like there will be times where we all have to kind of remind ourselves like hey like if we want to stop doing this the time that we know when to stop is when it stops being fun mm-hmm. and so that's kind of where we're at a point where 
90 percent of the time it's fun and you know and every sort of good thing you have there's always a little bit of bad but i think what keeps it from getting to a point where we could say like oh this band is done after another year i can't take these guys is because myself and Corey go back 15 16 years yeah. you know it's it would take much more than a band argument to break yeah. him and i up mm-hmm. chris and dan they've been together in still glow for just about the same amount of time eight well, how long have you guys been playing together? It's like I joined in 2007. So it's been, it's oh, been, my gosh. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we we go, we, in our little, like, <laughs> side chains, if you will, we go back pretty far. Mm-hmm. So, with those, you know, with those two friendships, if you will, being so, um, you know, strong, obviously, when we all come, it's not like anybody's a better friend to anyone yeah. else. But yeah. it does, we, we have a, a very tight-knit crew that I, I mean... I don't know that I would be able to go too long without seeing any of these guys. Yeah. Um, and I do have to give some love to our to our bass player that has joined. Say, you guys to, no, I, let me let me explain. Let me explain. We've we've had a couple of bass players through Sam Powell, um, and Brody is uh, is our bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, he jo- when did he officially join? I mean, I think it was uh, July of last year, something like that. Okay, so, so he's so he bounced was out with us. Yes, yes he okay, was out yeah. with us, and then he so he bounced in and did some fill-in dates. He goes f- much further back though. He was a good friend of mine uh, that worked with me, or well, I didn't work with him, but uh, he worked at an ice rink up in Hagerstown, and I, I play hockey. So uh, we be, we kind of reconnected there after um, having been like acquaintances. Mm-hmm. He actually also uh, our bass player started off doing something similar to this he did basically music reviews uh-huh. back in i mean we're talking 2007 2008 for a tiny little um thing out of uh like shippensburg chambersburg i can't no, remember yeah. where but um but yeah Bertie was on the original ballot for bass players and then uh-huh. we ended up just going with pretty much everybody but him and then years and it's like they couldn't take my word for it because <laughs> i was like this dude is solid he's yeah. a great guy and he is i mean to say that he's any less than than the four of us would be completely wrong he's yeah. he's absolutely the same level as the rest of us yeah. um and, it, and it's so weird because i <clears throat> it's just this like this constant love for music and he's in that same boat where it's i think like collectively all of us pretty much listen to everything except for maybe like top country yeah i don't think we're too well <laughs> no, informed in top no. country but everything else it's like we're all there so we'll be like hey check out this record and it's never a weird thing to say that to any of us in the band mm-hmm. and it's just kind of brings together like this weird sense of like family that doesn't really make sense to people well yeah that, and that i guess that segues into uh the thing we keep referencing if nobody knows um they probably don't uh <laughs> that my <laughs> band toured with your band yes. uh for uh, it was just a long weekend kind of thing and that's how i got to know you guys joe and i it's really interesting because joe and i are just two weird dudes <laughs> like, that talk about cheese for eight hours at a time seriously <laughs> but to be out on the road with you the, the thing that struck me with with you guys was how familial it is you guys really it's a family and yeah. there's a lot of you like it's tough well i heard joe and i did an interview a little while ago asking us you know what's what's um the good part about being in a two-piece band and of course the answer is the fact that it's a two-piece band you don't there are less people to hate and less people to argue (laughs) with and all of those things but you guys genuinely seem like didn't you you all went to hang out with your girlfriend i think yeah so yeah she's down in um virginia tech she's at virginia tech in blacksburg and I guess we there was originally a show and it and it had dropped or something. Yeah, but we picked one up. You picked one up in, in Richmond, Richmond. Yeah. And but we were still, uh, yeah. We just had a day off. All five of us crammed in a tiny little studio apartment with her down in Blacksburg, um, Blacksburg and it was awesome. Yeah. Chris, actually, let me tell you a story about that day. <laughs> so Dan and Chris have a pretty interesting relationship. It's almost like a, it's like a warped father son older brother younger brother thing going on. And Dan oftentimes will say to Chris, for all the money in my pocket, do this. And the this, and the, the part of this is it could be anything. Yeah. So this day, as we were down at, in Blacksburg, we decided... I also have no idea what he's talking about. It's just, oh, here we go. Yeah, so this will be, be good. I can't, can't even mm-hmm. think about it. Like, I, I'm thinking, okay. I'm thinking right, right now, right. and I have no idea. This You'll remember good. as soon as I tell you. I'm so, sure. so we decided to go mini-golfing. <laughs> now he remembers. Nah, so okay. So Dan, um, you know, we're all just we're we're all different levels of mini golfing. 
I feel like I can say that because I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> but but so the game is is pretty much over. Let's just say it that way. Okay. Corey is garbage. <laughs> Fair Corey enough. is garbage. Corey Happy Gilmore's all Corey. over the place. <laughs> so anyway, so this is one of those um, kind of like rundown uh, mini golf places that has that that stream running through it. As you've seen, if, if you've ever been mini golfing, you know the, the little waterfall in the stream. But nine times out of ten, those bodies of water are sitting and stagnant. Mm-hmm. And this one was Mm-hmm. the most hideous one I've ever seen. Oh. So we're talking about water and little water traps and everything, all that mm-hmm. cute stuff. There was a water trap off of one of the holes and it was covered in green film. Oh. Okay. And Dan goes, for all the money in my pocket, Chris, I want you to drink from that little That's pond. disgusting. And without thinking, and without thinking, he gets down into a push-up position. Oh my Bends goodness. down. And I don't know if Tongue made it into that water or not, but I know he at least, like, slurped it up. Shh. Yeah. Oh. Pursed lips style and, and drank literally, like... A tablespoon of water. You didn't get Garbage sick? water. No. I mean, how, how, much, <laughs> how much money was it? That's the thing. It was a lot because it, you said it paid for your game. Yeah. It was... I, Dan had a bunch of money in his pocket yeah. for some reason. So that's why it's always worth it. You know, it's like... I mean, I've been friends with Dan. For, Dan's like a mystery box. He's oh, like one yeah. of those little mystery boxes. Yeah. And it's like we all wear like, you know, tight jeans and whatever. So it's like you have a general idea of how much is in there. Sometimes, <laughs> oh my so, sometimes he'll let me do the pat down and that's cool. But in most cases, it's kind of like, well, it's going to be 50-50. I'm either going to get like a dollar or I'm going to get like 14 cents. And in this case, I think I got like... You got like four or five bucks. I think. Yeah. It Mostly paid for your game, yeah. so worth it to drink, you know, mm-hmm. herpes water or whatever yeah, it was. But now you're gonna have cancer. In six years or <laughs> if something. I don't already, that's, yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, I, uh, turning the attention to <laughs> to Frederick, and we talked, we touched on this a little bit. Uh, very simple question. Uh, w, you can take it whichever way you want. Two questions. What's the worst thing about uh, the Frederick music scene right now, and what's the best thing about the Frederick music scene right now? Worst thing is there's not enough places to play. Not enough places to play. I think there's a yearning for an all-ages space, and Frederick does a pretty good job about blowing it every time we get one. <laughs> well, do you mean like house show venues or just house shows and or art spaces? Anything, it's really. just I mean, I mean, the the cool thing about being in a band as long is because we've played killer shows in Frederick, and then now it's like we'll see those f- people that we used to see at the shows, and they're. You know, 25 now, and they yeah, only they go to come out. Yeah, they, they only go to bars. Mm-hmm. Or before, it was like you know, you had fire halls, you had rec centers, you had mm-hmm. art spaces. You well, had you had in Frederick <laughs> specifically churches as well. Well, the mud puddle was right. was if anybody was in Frederick in 2006, 2008, like that was the cafe slash all ages venue mm-hmm. that you know kind. I mean, shows every weekend. Kind of you know set the bar in a way for a lot of uh, a lot of our old bands and friends, you know, b- friend bands and things like that. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the spots. <laughs> and then there was the Devil Plane. They did some shows for yep. a bit. Oh, okay. And then, um, I mean, I think Kenny Eaton from Tom Collins, he did uh, a really cool, uh, I think he called it Fred Rock. And it was at the yeah, Moose Lodge. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, Lodge. I think Stilgo played like the first one or first or first, second or third one. And it was like, there's just hundreds of kids there. And I'm like, well, why are you here? Like, this yeah. makes no sense. And yeah. it was just like, this is awesome. But it was awesome. Yeah. But then it was over. And th- yeah, yeah, because kids ruined it. They flushed stuff down the toilet and it flooded. And then they started holes in nah. walls. So, yeah. It always light happens. It yeah. does. It always happens like that. So then what's the best thing? I, I can say, I think there is finally, it's finally looking like there's some bands and some, there's always been bands, but I think mm-hmm. that there are some serious bands that are like starting to play regularly. Um, that th- it's a little bit like um, uh, maybe a callback. I don't know, kind of like a callback to ten years ago, where there's stuff happening. You know, you don't have to go into a place like Nola or a place like Guido's uh, or a place like Blue Side mm-hmm. and just play covers. You mm-hmm. can go in there and be an original band, and that's when. Personally, that's when a music scene thrives is when local music is allowed to be in the forefront, not just covers. Don't get me wrong. Cover bands are, are, are fine and entertaining and everything. But there's that creative space that gets lost when you're just playing other people's songs. And yeah. you might draw a gajillion people out to a show, but to grow a music scene like a Philadelphia or, I mean, like an Austin or something. Yeah, I mean, so. obviously, yeah, those are those are very, very big aspirations. But to have that, you've got to have original. Somebody... 
paving the way, carving out a, a space for new music. So yeah. then who are some of your favorite local bands? <sighs> Heavy Lights is cool. Ryan, I've, I've known for a really, really long time. But they've been gone. <clears throat> well, I mean, you say they're gone, and then you bump them around, he's like, oh, maybe we'll play yeah. a show. And so yeah. it's like, you know, you can never do it. That's true. Um, Blue, it, Blue Heaven. <laughs> Blue Heaven's a cool Blue band. Blue Heaven's um, doing a lot. They, uh, I'm trying to think of another cool band. Right now, I really like uh, this band called the um, Bogman Dynasty, and they're just like two brothers that go to FCC, and they uh, um, just write some really cool, just like indie rock, and so we play mm-hmm. shows with them at Noah often. Uh, and then there's cool. still some heavy <coughs> stuff, too. Uh, some of our friends are in a band called Hostile Array, and they are a reimagining of some um, you know old metal bands, and mm-hmm. they're doing some stuff, too. So, I mean, there's there's there are bands getting churned out, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is important. Probably uh, t- the ones that are really really important we might not even know about we're right. Right. We're, we're old now we're not in, <laughs> yeah. we're not we don't have our finger on the pulse completely but it's you can kind of see it you know having having yeah. some places and then you get like you know like the 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 people that hustle like uh like zach willis i mean from middle kid i mean he's yeah. he's just always playing shows always doing different mm-hmm. things always kind of pushing the boundaries and it's like you need that and mm-hmm. so you know I, i'd say you know they play all the time and they're always doing different things. And it's like, that's really good for Frederick. And so, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just don't want Zach to burn out <laughs> because we need yeah, people like him I to know. keep, you know, <laughs> passing Definitely. the torch. So, yeah. Um, it's 2018 now we're 10 days into it, 11 days into it, 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's 2018 look like for Sam powers? Do you guys have plans to tour this year or maybe some new music again? Um, I think we're definitely doing some touring. Um, okay. it's always kind of something that we have what, because, uh, our Dan tattoos, uh, it's like his full-time gig. Mm-hmm. And so he's got his busy season. So we're kind of just balancing schedules and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but doing some tours, uh, don't think there's any music in the horizons, but no, unless we decide to, uh, we, there is a B side from wonder yeah. that we haven't put out. So that will probably come out maybe in a couple months. That's um, good. A mm-hmm. B-side from that. And, yeah, I mean, we have a show coming up next weekend, the 20th. 20th. At Blues. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the other thing about upcoming shows, because that's why I wanted to have you guys in. You guys are going to play at the Blue Side <clears throat> on the 20th. This will publish next week, which is the week of the show. Yeah. So um, it will be this Saturday by the this time Saturday. people here. It will be this Saturday. Who guys are who are you guys playing with at the Blue Side? So <clears throat> the coolest part about this was when I told the dudes in the band who I put on the show, they all thought it was a joke. <clears throat> and the reason is because both bands are technically no longer bands, and oh. they decided to get together for the show. We're basically Sam Powell's in an endless cycle of just trying to reclaim nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so this is one of our uh, uh, efforts to do that. So the, the one band that's, that's opening up the show, is they're called The Vens, and they've been a band from... The same time that all of us have been in bands. And yeah. It's like we've played Two, shows. 2008, to, 2010, I guess. Yeah. And they've been, and they're kind of like this really cool muse, like, oh. um, just kind of rock vibe, but then also know how to chill out. And it's pretty cool. Cool. Um, and then the other bands is a band called Those Victorious, which is also known as Brian Severn and Those Victorious. And, uh, um, just as kind of B and Dan knew each other, um, th- a bunch of the people in that band worked at the music store that Dan used to work oh, at. So it was just kind of okay. like, oh, yeah, like, here's what, you know, we would always try to do shows, like all of our bands together so we all could hang out kind of thing. So um, they're kind of like an alkaline trio, Jimmy World uh, kind of rock. So that's cool. Well, this is also interesting. People should know they because, I mean, you guys are playing the blue side. The blue side does not host rock mm. music. Yes. So this will, might be the only time in a very long time <laughs> you'll see rock music at the blue side. Yeah. And biggest question there is how the hell did this happen? So Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, like, I used to go to hardcore shows at Blue Side when it was known as Bent's, yeah. Bent Street Bar. Mm-hmm. And so I saw, like, you know, some really crazy bands like Praise and Mindset and, you know, all sorts of different things, like, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. And um, there haven't been shows like that in a long time, and I don't think it'll ever get to that point unless the restaurant closes down and they do something else because mm-hmm. it's, you know, hardcore music. Um, but ever since they opened up Blue Side, it's like, I go there to eat and I go to hang out and like, you know, and uh, I want to go, you know, have some dinner with my parents someplace. Like that's where we'll go. <laughs> you know, so it's just like that, you know, it's, that's it's so it's, adult of you to say, Chris, yeah, I love my parents. <laughs> but, uh, um, so then I was like, Oh, let's do shows there. And so then, um, I knew a couple of the bartenders that went there and, or work there. And, um, I was like, Hey, how can I get a show here? And so they gave me some booking agents information. And so mm. I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess they're a big deal. They have a booking agent. And so end up, uh, emailing this guy for pretty much a year and mm. he's, and he's just like, yeah, we don't really do this sound. I was like, okay. 
And then a couple months later, hey man, just wanted to check in, see how you know, <laughs> see how things are going. Want to know if we can stuff. She's like, uh, hey, that date won't work out. And I'm like, you didn't tell me no. And so then, <laughs> and then I ended up reaching out again. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, cool. So my my hope for this is that it it's a launching point for something bigger because Samuel Powers is just a band, and I think it would be really cool to see blue side do something bigger for frederick for and and not limit themselves in one genre and so hopefully hoping that this goes well and i mean it 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 plays exactly to the point of let's try to get some more places to play and the fact that they even gave us the date partially is a big leap of faith for them and is partially because chris does not understand what the word no means just the best i mean being out with you guys was (laughs) the best you were selling our merch every night it was awesome that was the Man, <laughs> I, and if you guys need somebody to go to Virginia with you this year, there it is. Let me know. Let, let us know. Yeah, there will be no podcast uh, that week. He will be, no be in. Po- it will be in Virginia with us. Lynchburg and uh, <laughs> uh, well, we went to Richmond without you guys. Yep. We did um, Winchester. Yes, I think we did. Um, um, what's Harrisonburg? That's right, Harrisonburg. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm ready to tour with you guys whenever mm. you're ready. Uh, what song would you like to hear at the end of this episode from Wonder? Let's see. Do you have a video out? So, is that a yeah. single? So, yeah. So the, okay. the opening track of the record is called Golden Age. And okay. we put a video out. I think it was over the summer. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a cool opening track. Um, just kind of hits hard. And it's it's probably the song that is uh, best encapsulates the whole album. Mm-hmm. Highs, lows, you know, aggressive. Riffs. Riffs. Drum beats. Drum beats. <laughs> bass lines. Songs, lyrics. Oh, it's super electricity. Cool. Yeah. Electricity. <laughs> okay. That's a good description. Hey, uh, you guys yeah. should be reviewing Pulitzer Prize, yeah. Yeah. prize winners. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, th- this has been so much fun. I have not, I've actually not seen you guys since we last played, which was at Cafe Nola hmm. a month and a half. Oh ago. yeah, that's when you and uh, that's when you and Joe did the world tour of Frederick. Yeah, we played four Frederick shows <laughs> in one day, and you played with us, Chris. Oh, remember, yeah. you played bass. I do remember. That was fun. You want to be in a band? <laughs> yes. Okay. And this is on record, so <laughs> we, <laughs> this is good. Um, you guys are the. Ni- I have to say this so everybody can hear: it, the nicest people here in Frederick playing music. Awesome. Two of those five people are here with me right mm. now. If you Thank get a you. chance, please check out Sam Powers. Do you have a website? Yeah, so it's uh, sampowmusic.com. And then Facebook is Sam Powell Music. Twitter, Sam Powell Music. Okay. Ask me Instagram. Ask me Instagram. And Instagram, Sam Powell Music. All right. <laughs> I don't. Have you guys looked at our Instagram? Double motorcycle Instagram. Yeah. Well, duh. No. We, we follow you guys. I, this is the craziest. The craziest thing just happened. And if anybody has an answer to this, please call into the show right now at one eight hundred Sam Joe woke up two days ago and texted me. It was like nine in the morning. Woke, wakes up, checks the Instagram page. Overnight, we got 10,000 followers. No. And we don't know how this happened. If you go on there right now, it says we have 10.4K. And they're all there. Nobody bought these followers? That's what I said. I said, did you buy them? He said no. But they're all like from Greece or something. I I don't know. Are you there? I am there. No way. Does that say 10.4K? And they're real. Yeah. They're real people. What happened? No Here's way. Here's the thing. You guys literally just broke the international waters. Good for you guys. <laughs> that's amazing. So you booked the Virginia tour this year. We'll book the Romania tour. Sick. Done. That, that's what we'll do. Done. Okay. That's mind-blowing. I, I don't know how it happened. I don't know. And I'm, I'm convinced we're going to wake up and they're just going to be gone sooner oh, rather than later. Be so sad. We could be huge in Belgium or something. Hey, I you know what? Know that. Belgium, I, I think, has pretty good beer. It's very true. Hey, very, very Colin, true. I will. Uh, I'll. Re- I'll reach out to some people and I'll get you guys on some cool shows because you know this portfolio for man. Let me tell you, this is good. This is some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you some good shows. Double <laughs> double motorcycle, open parens, ten point four thousand Instagram exactly. followers. Close parens. Wants to play at your venue. You yeah. can't argue with those kind Bam. of numbers. No. No. So. Anyways, guys, <laughs> thank uh, you for stopping by. Everybody, go to the blue side this weekend and pick up Wonder, right? Yes, it'll be there. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Static silhouettes and shapes of backpacks stretch across the lawn. The radio dictates what to wear before the sunlight is gone. 
baby sings on the little 